Hey, thank you for tuning in to the Relove Podcast. This is Pastor Rico. Our hope is that today's message adds life and power to your journey as you grow. Thanks for joining us. We're coming today uh, in the unofficial series, Desperate Times Call for Desperate Measures. Uh, in the book of Mark, chapter 5, verses 24 through 34. <laughs> We have been dealing with a person's response to desperate situations. If you remember when I first started saying, I think we're probably jumping into a series. I'm not really sure. Uh, I kind of knew we were going to end up here. But we started with the desperate situation uh, of the leper. He was in the right place at the wrong time. Uh, he found Jesus and he got his healing in his desperate situation. He broke the Levitical laws and, and, and went there. Then we went to the desperate situation of blind Bartimaeus. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, and and, and I, I forget, we were titling the first one, he should have said no. Second one we entitled uh, Seize the Moment. If, you've, if you haven't had a chance to take a look at those, please make sure that you do uh, those particular messages. Then on last week, man, last week, man, my, my fully, strongly equipped associate pastor, Pastor Rico, came in with a message jumping into the, the series, and he said uh, his title with the blind man who saw people like trees walking, last week his title was Give Me Another Touch. Give me another touch. Give me another touch. And today, today I... Uh, in reading this particular pericope, let, let's read it before we announce what we're, what we're at. Mark chapter 5, verses 24 through 34. Mark chapter 5, verses 24 through 34. Keith, if you can hear me, I'm going to ask the church to read along with me. So if we could stand in reverence to God. Uh, the words, uh, they'll, they'll be right here on the screen. Um, and so... But if you want to find it just to make sure you have it, that's Mark chapter 5, verse 24 through 34. Yes, we're going to read 10 verses of God's word in church today. Come on, say amen, church. Amen. Amen. Mark chapter 5, nestled in the middle of Mark. Uh, Mark writes this particular interruption. Uh, this part to me shows the heart of God heart of Jesus, I would say. Mark chapter 5. Let's read it together. Verse 24. So Jesus went with him. Come on, I can't hear you. A large crowd followed and pressed around him. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had. Yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Immediately, her bleeding stopped and she felt her body that she was freed from her suffering. At once, Jesus realized that power had gone out from him. My Lord, he turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my clothes? Mm. You see the people crowding against you, his disciples answered. 
and yet you can ask, who touched me? But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet and trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. He said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. I thought, Dave, man, Rico just preached last week on give me another touch. Figured I might say who touched me this week. But I can't say the Holy Spirit resonated with that with me. It was, it was, it, it was sound good, but Lord said, preach helpless, but not hopeless. Helpless, but not hopeless. Pray with me. Sáciame, Señor, con lo mejor del cielo. Sáciame, Señor, con la grosura de tu amor. Mi alma desfallece por tu presencia. Mi alma desfallece por tu poder. Mi alma desfallece por tu gloria. Sáciame, Señor, con tu amor. Allow your people today, Father, to hear your word. Sanctify us today, Lord. And Father, then, con mi fe, te cansaré. Con mi fe, te tuocaré. Mi milagro recibiré. Y sé que transformado yo seré. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Figured it was... Hispanic Heritage Month, I might as well throw in the verses of one of my favorite Spanish songs. I hope when you read this particular story, you didn't just read it and say, there goes Jesus doing another miracle again. But I'd like to really take the opportunity to dive into this particular story, helpless but not hopeless, and be patient with me as we draw some lessons from this woman. She doesn't have a name in the Bible. Uh, it's quite frustrating to see that a lot of times the women don't have a name in the Bible, but she's here uh, and she's here with great emphasis because she does something that someone else, that others don't do immediately to God. But I can tell you, if we put ourselves in her situation, Gabby, I would venture to say that she was tired. Physically, she was through Marilyn. Mentally, uh, uh, Selena, she was exhausted. Uh, I, I would venture to say, uh, Adam, that she was dizzy. Uh, Jordan, she has shortness of breath. Simply because those are the symptoms of someone, Jane, who is consistently and regularly uh, losing blood. Uh, blood is the life-giving source of our bodies. It is said that if you lose 50% of your blood, you will more than likely die. 
And don't gloss over this particular fact in this story, Felicita. She has been losing blood for 12 years. I don't envy our women. Most of them, in a fun, uh, frustrated moment, Gabby cursed Eve for that monthly cycle. Me, myself, and EJ, and probably you too, Adam, uh, if Nat were here, Suave, gentlemen, I'm sure we just get quiet and run for cover in those times of the month. No, you would never hear me ever saying, it's not that bad. No. But stick with me, I, I, I promise you, she's lethargic. She's fatigued. But Savannah, something in her, her life brought her to the idea that Jesus could handle her issue. Um, and she had this weird, wild thought. I'm about to mess with the church today. Did if I got the handkerchief from the preacher, I could get healed. I take mine home with me. I don't sell mine. She had this wild thought. And, and, and what's the crazy part, Jacob? Later on in the Bible, there are other people who don't even want to be touched. I wish I had a saint in the building. Regina, they just want the shadow of Peter to just fall over them. You remember that, Iris? They, they just want the shadow of a disciple, somebody close to God, to just kind of just go over them and, and, and they lay people down in front of them. She's, she, she's the author of crazy faith. Dare I say even desperate faith that, you know the song, if I but touch the him of his garment. I'm not really sure what, what got her to that idea. It doesn't make sense. It's never before in the Bible, Captain Peel. Uh, and, and then in this situation, I would have to tell you, did I, did I tell you her symptoms? Let me repeat them again. She's dizzy. She's tired. She's got shortness of breath, moving too quickly. You know, she, she like me when I try to play with my son. Get, she, she tired on normal task. And I hear your good churchy faith saying, okay, preacher, let's get to the point where she touches Jesus. But hold on, hold on, hold on. There's a resolve in this woman that I, I promise you is probably not anywhere else in the world. I wish that when Christ says that he said, you, you remember that portion of the Bible he talks about, when I come back, will I find faith? I wish he would have used her, Iris, as an example. It was the centurion who, who was like, Lord, you don't really have to come. I, I, I know that 
when I have soldiers under me, I tell them to go and they go. And so I'm sure, Jesus, if you say the word, your word will go. And, you know, the Bible says his word will not come back to him void. But, 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 Je- I'm, I'm, I'm a medal some more. I, I promise you the patriarchs in the Bible were just being fools when they decided we're going to elevate the centurion over this woman's faith. Because, because she was bleeding for like 12 hours. So, so, so we don't need to talk about her faith. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we, we're just going to look over her, Gabby, because, because, because she was just bleeding for 12 days. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> we soldiers do that all the time. No, no, no. They said, oh, we're going to look over her because she was just bleeding for 12 months. No, no, no. The Bible says that she had been bleeding for 12 long years. Oh, my goodness. You ever been, I told y'all a few weeks ago, not a few weeks, a few months ago before I moved here. you You ever been dehydrated and like, oh, my gosh, man, I just like, man, I need some water. This happened to me before. Sister McBride took me to the hospital, got me all straight. I try to stay on my water now. Uh, listen, I, I couldn't make it. Like, I was done driving. Like, I'm in the car crying like a baby. And she's taking me to the hospital. She got the most calmest look on her face. Like, I, I got you. <laughs> I'm, I'm just there. She came, man, she, I, got a, I got a colonoscopy. She came and picked me up. I was loopy, Sabrina. <laughs> that was like, yo, you gonna make it? I was like, for sure I'm gonna make it. Like, I'm gonna be all right. I put my hand on my wife and walked out the door. <laughs> you know, like how when Bernie put the music on it. <laughs> it really frustrates me that this woman doesn't get the fame that she deserves. I'm taking time to paint this picture because I want you to understand. Anybody ever been hangry? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hangry. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, okay, so I'm going to poke some fun right now. I just want to be clear. Let, 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 let those who are taking record of what I'm saying poke some fun. You ever been hangry and had a wife who was hangry and didn't know where she wanted to eat? And you know, you better find some food quickly. But Jerry, every time you ask, Adam, where you want to eat at? They don't know. And David, I be trying to find food. Farmers boys, Chick-fil-A, McDonald's, Olive Garden. EJ laughing because he know it's true. And then it'll be like, I want fries from McDonald's. I want kale from Chick-fil-A. I want ice from Raising Cane's. All all the other married men in the building, they just got their head down like, yeah, okay. I can't laugh too much about this. Sam in the back looking like, I'm glad Sabrina not next to me because if I... (laughs) And that's just one meal. This lady's been bleeding for 12 years. I know you're getting tired of it, but I'm going to press it some more. 
She's bleeding for 12 years, and then she's got this crazy resolve, this wild idea that if I touch Jesus, Natty, like I would have told her to touch Jesus. All I know about Jesus is that I would have told her, touch Jesus. How many ever felt like you wanted to just touch Jesus before in your life? Yeah, yeah, I, I felt like I've just wanted to touch Jesus sometimes. I, thank Jesus I don't have a disease that is running rampant in my body. God, please make sure that that's not the case. Uh, but I remember my mother sick with cancer, and I promise you she wanted to touch Jesus. I, I, I bet you she did not want to touch the hem of his garment. One time, my mom called out while I was on the phone with her, screaming for Jesus, asking him to heal her body. And I promise you she didn't want to touch the hem of his garment. She just wanted to touch Jesus. If I were teaching the children's story, Sabrina, I would probably say, listen, touch Jesus every opportunity you get. If I want to leave just a simple message, I say, touch Jesus every opportunity that you possibly can. But she's got a crazy idea. And why? Why does she have this idea? I just want to touch the hem of his garment because I really don't want him to know. Hear me clearly. I don't want him to know that I touched him. But I do want to touch him. But so, so if I touch, like, the hem, the, that, that string that's holding up the folded part of your dress or your pants or whatever, if I just touch that and I, I promise you, I'll be able to get away scot-free. Leviticus says in uh, chapter 15, I believe, that a woman on her menstrual cycle must stay away from everybody else. And if by chance her menstrual lasts longer than it normally should, she's still got to stay away. And if you continue to read a little further down, after the whatever amount of days that she has it, when she stops bleeding, there's still another seven to eight days that she has to remain ceremonially unclean. There are some churches still today that say that when women have your cycle, you can't take communion. Right? Yo, David, I be wondering to myself, like, well, how they know you on your period? Just take communion. I don't know that Jesus cares. I'm not sure he's even worried. He probably too busy passing out my doll and ibuprofen to you to worry about whether or not you take a communion, girl. You better get it. But the Bible says that she should not be with anybody else. You remember the unclean leper? Be unclean, stay outside the city. Uh, she was supposed to stay outside. Anything she sat on, any bed she was on, anybody that touched her was ceremonially unclean for the rest of the time stand. And so here now we find this lady. Where do we find her church? In a crowd. Man, she's just messing up everybody. I would venture to say, church, that one of the ways to remain helpless, sorry, to remain hopeful in a helpless situation is to stay busy doing basic life things. Okay, so let's, let's make it clear. Just got diagnosis from the doctor, not doing okay. It's been months, it's been days, it's been some time. You're not finding the healing. Nobody got a thing for you. Listen, let me tell you something. Can I make it very clear but comical? When life isn't doing what you want it to do, still brush your teeth. 
oh, I'm serious. Yeah, yeah. When life isn't doing what you want it to do and it's getting you upset, children making you mad, husband acting a fool, saying like, your stuff ain't working, girlfriends, it ain't, listen, 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 still put on deodorant. Oh, I'm, I'm dead serious. Pastor McBride, did you get that from the message? I got it from the message. How do you know? This woman was sick for 12 years and she still got enough presence of mind to talk to Jesus. So, so see, I'm, I'm, it would never cross my mind to say touch is him. I'm saying talk, touch. She, she's saying, I don't even want him to know I touched him. I'm going to just... But for 12 long years, something had to be going right for her in those 12 years. Because if all of those 12 years was frustration and anger, I promise you she wouldn't have made it 12 years. If all of those 12 years was anger and, 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 and desperation, I promise you she would have pulled all her hair out. She wouldn't have made it. I, they don't even say that she has a husband. So I'm not sure. But what I do know is in those 12 years, she got enough money to pay for doctors. She's paying for doctors in all of these 12 years. And I'm saying to myself, okay, first of all, you're supposed to be outside by yourself. <laughs> the church is a wonderful place to be, but everybody don't need to know that you're struggling. Just hear me out clearly. I'm going to paint the picture again. She's supposed to be ceremonially unclean, outside, not touching anybody, sleeping someplace else. If she got a husband, he out of luck for 12 long years, buddy. It ain't going to work. Can't hang out with her children. Can't be around anybody, her sisters, mom, dad. Nobody can come near her. I... Jesus starts his ministry at age 30 and he ministers for three years, conventional theology, three and a half years or so, and she's bleeding. And yet, she has enough money to see doctors. Okay, so maybe she wasn't married, so I'm going to say she was a businesswoman. I'm going to tell you, she's probably one of the shrewdest, wisest, smartest business women ever. You know how your mom can be like so mad, but then all of a sudden put on a straight smile just to warm you up. You could come home from school uh, just, you know, upset and your mom been in the kitchen or she's been working or she come home and then she's just, you, 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 you break a fingernail. Hey, is it going to, you going to be, oh, I'd be wondering how Sandra gets the calmness faster than me because I don't be, I don't be arriving the train don't stop at calm for me when it stops at calm for, for I'll be ready to yell and Sister McBride be like, you know they didn't hear you the first time. Merlin, I know they heard me, bro. I know they heard me. I, I know they heard me. Like, Gabby, I'm sure them boys heard you. But... She be arriving at calm real fast. I promise you, while she was doing her business, Sabrina, she's making all the things. She's getting everything she got to go do. And nobody knows that she is bleeding. The church is a wonderful place to be, but everybody don't need to know that you're struggling. But I bet you she had a friend or two, a ride or die, that if she told them what was up, they'd cover for her. 
They're looking at me like I'm crazy, like, what you talking about? Listen, you remember my first sermon in this series, Jesus should have said no. Instead of him judging the leper and pushing him to the side, oh, you going to make me unclean, he covers him and touches him. When this lady shows up to Jesus, and, 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 and finally, after the investigation, Jesus, oh man, this is one of the things you got to understand. Jesus is not in the business of outing you and I in our sins and in our sicknesses and in our problems. He is in the business of covering us. Ooh. You see, sometimes you may be thinking to yourself, man, Jesus is going, you know, oh, we'll fix it and we'll get you because we'll say stuff like, what's done in the dark is going to come to the light. That's Bible. Not if Jesus intersects first. I need you to hear this very clearly. God is not in the business of outing you. He could have said to the leper, hey man, you're in the wrong place at the wrong time, don't touch me. He could have caused the investigation about that woman who touched me and when she showed up, the Bible says he knew that power left him. He knew that healing uh, virtue left him. And when she showed up, he could have treated her just like the regular people in the Bible treated her, like yo, she don't deserve to be named anyway. He could have said, girl, What's wrong with you? You know better than to come in the church looking like that. Why would you come here making everybody unclean? But that's not what Jesus did. And I promise you that when you came into the building today, all broken and dirty from your sin from last night, Jesus is not looking at you with judgmental eyes like the board might. Jesus is not looking at you with judgmental ears like pastoral staff might be. What Jesus is doing is he's saying, come ye weary, come ye broken heart, find rest with me. This woman shows up. She's trembling. She's, she's, she doesn't even know what to do. And, and, and Jesus says, the commentator says that he says something he doesn't say to anybody else. He says, daughter. Ooh. He, he, you know, the guys be coming in. They, blind man, Bartimaeus, getting holy. He said, okay, go your way, man. You good. He said, the other leper comes in. He said, uh, yeah, I'll touch you real quick. Okay, listen, don't tell anybody else what I did for you, but just get out of here. But when this young lady comes, he doesn't say woman. He doesn't say lady. He says daughter. <laughs> did, you, did, you, did you feel all the love in that? Did you feel all the comfort in that? all the caring involved in that. I need you to fully understand. We may be sick and laden with all kinds of wicked desires and diseases and brokenness going on in our body, but I need you to understand that when you come to God with just a little bit of faith, ooh, faith that he can do something that you probably never thought of before. I really don't know what gave her the idea that God could actually do. Jesus could do what he did. But what really happened was when she touched the hem of his garment. I want to go back real quick just to ask the question. I really don't know how she made it those 12 years, Iris. She probably had a, she probably had a few verses in her heart that probably held her. Can I, can I share something with you? Because some of y'all have never been in despair before and never been, you know, distraught. 
Some of y'all have never been waiting for God to ask, to answer a, 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 a prayer for you. Some of you have never been like broken and needing God to make a way. But, but I promise you, she had a verse in her heart that probably said this one. Why cast down my soul? Psalm, 40, Psalm 42, verse 11. And why are you disquieted within me? Don't you hope in the Lord? For I shall yet praise him for help in my countenance and he will lift me up. Do you know that the wave of frustration sometimes can overpower a text? I'm almost done about to wrap this up. Because I really want you to understand 12 long years and what held this woman together. In my moments of frustration, despair, and anguish from time to time, I've, I've only, Adam, been able to hold on for a devotion moment. Jerry, for a few good songs of my favorite songs to pass by. And then after I'm finished with those songs, Regina, I'm just like, Jesus, are you here yet? Have you shown up? In, in, in my moments when I'm asking God to make a way for me, I'm, I'm really good for like one all-night prayer all year long. Just one. Like. I remember back in the day, they used to do all-night prayer meeting services. Jerry, I'd be in the church sleeping on a pew. Mom and dad be in there having a good old time singing, my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. They, they're in there singing, my faith has found a resting place, not in a man-made creed. And, I, and I'm in the pew like, like your boys, Gabby, just... I only got one in me, Sister McBride. And for Jesus to take a long time, I promise you frustration begins to come over anybody else's shoulder if Jesus takes more than 30 days to answer your prayer. I'm going to paint it just one more time for you so you can fully understand the desperation in this particular situation. I need you, all of us to understand, many of us in here, we're not rich. I wish we were. And we all know that if two weeks takes too long before the next paycheck comes, there's frustration. Mm -hmm. If there's more months than paycheck, we're not doing all right. <laughs> we're wondering if our sins have stopped Jesus from blessing our bank accounts. We're upset with ourselves for wasting money at Starbucks and buying stuff out to eat. <laughs> We're not happy about how we wasted our time, but I need you to understand that when your faith holds on to Jesus, he's not going to care all about how you wasted money. If your faith has an expectation of Jesus in a desperate moment, I need you to understand 12 years or 12 months, God's going to show up and you got to be ready for him. 12 years or 12 days, God's going to show up and you got to be ready for him. And when he shows up, I need you to understand, you may want to touch him and not him and him not know that you touched him, but I need you to understand, you can't have a full encounter with God and him not know that you were there and you not know that he knew you were there. Listen, God wants to cover us, clean us, and heal us all at the same time, but you and I have to have sometimes a desperate faith to reach out to him. 
A faith that will move mountains to get to him. A faith that will maintain regular life. Remember I said basic life stuff? Keep doing what's positive. I'm wrapping this up, but I need you to understand her desperation did not cause sin to get on her plate. Her desperation caused creativity to get on her plate. She all of a sudden unleashed a creative amount of faith. Can, can I say it? I'm going to say it. She released a crazy amount of faith that, that, that sent her to so many doctors. And the Bible says she lost all her money. I, I, I promise you, a few doctors got rich off of her trying to, trying to heal her. But she still had a crazy faith. She had a faith that even though she had gotten nose her whole 12 years, she believed that there would be a yes with Jesus if she met him. Do you still have a yes in your hope for Jesus? Come on, Jesus. Do you still have a yes in your desire for Jesus to make a way? If you still have a yes in your desires for Jesus to heal your body and for, for him to answer your prayer, for him to provide a job, let me tell you something. Walk through life. I've been trying to give you this example. Walk through life as if you're not broken, as if you're not down, as if things aren't wrong. I remember when I was pastoring Carson, one of my members came up sick with cancer. I never knew she was sick with cancer until she disappeared and then came back. I remember coming here to this church and finding out that somebody has cancer and then watching them pray the walls down in this place. I need you to know that there is a yes still in this building and God's got an answer for someone today because I need you to know 12 long years is a long time, but God will cover you. He will heal you. Even if your faith means you got to go to a foreign country to find it or you got to go up to some camp to get it. Even if your faith means you got to regularly stay in devotion and stay in prayer. I need you to understand God will do what he said he would do. Do you have a faith, oh, sorry, a yes left in your hope? Listen, you and I can be helpless, but we serve a God who is almighty. We can be broken, but we serve a God who is whole. The Bible says that when Jesus saw her, he said, oh, listen, girl, baby girl, daughter. The rest of the world may not have loved you, but I have loved you. You are mine. Everybody else may have been upset with you for making them ceremonial unclean, but come on, touch me, touch me. Jesus saying, touch me, because I can, I can handle it. Finally, I told you we'd come back around to it. Her faith said, I trust in God, my Savior, the one who will never fail. When she walked away from this particular thing, listen, listen, listen. She went and declared to everybody else. She said, listen, I want you to know 
I need you to understand. She said, I sought the Lord and he heard and he answered me. She declared it to anybody else who would listen. She said, I sought the Lord. He heard and he answered me. Nobody else want to talk about her story, but her story is in all three of the Gospels, in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. She, listen, listen, I need you to understand, young person, young, young body out there. If you have a faith that God can do something, your faith only needs to be this small. You can't see it, but I can see you through my fingers. That's the size of a mustard seed. It's... <laughs> God says, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you can say to a mountain, be thou removed, and it'll be cast into the sea. You can look in the mirror and you can tell yourself, you're going to be healed. You're going to be delivered. If that's you out there today, kneeling a healing, needing a deliverance, I'm going to just, just go on stand to your feet right now. We're going to pray and petition God in faith on today. If you know somebody sick today that needs healing from God, come on, stand to your feet. We want to petition God today with a crazy kind of faith. Lord, that if they could just know today that someone is praying for them, Jesus. If they could just know right now, Father, that Real Love Church lifted them up. God, I got somebody on my mind. I need you to know, do you, do you have some? If you have somebody on your mind, raise your hand. Let's give them to Jesus. Father, today right now in the sanctuary, our hands lifted up, Father, because we have somebody on our mind who we know needs you to make a way, Father. God, we have somebody who in, in, in our minds who might be helpless right now, Father, but we are hoping for them, Jesus. Hallelujah, God. Father, right now in the sanctuary, God, we're lifting up hands, Father, because we know someone suffering with a disease, suffering with a sickness, Father, and they need you to make a way out of no way, Father, to open doors that doctors have shut and diagnoses have said that there's no way, Father. Lord, I need you to open doors, Father, for brokenness and madness. Father, that it would be healed, Father. I need you to open doors, Father, for brokenness and depression, Father, that it would be healed, Father. I need you to open doors for brokenness and cancer, Father, that it would be canceled, dear God, Father. I need you to open doors, Father, for brokenness and all kinds of mental diseases and destructions, Father, because they have no dominion over the life of a child who is your son or your daughter, Father. You know, God, that when we come to you in prayer, Father, that you are the only one who can answer these prayers. Father. This is why we trust in you, Father. This is why we hope in you, Father. This is why we believe in you, Jesus. Because there is no one else, no other name given among men whereby we must be saved, Jesus. And that is the name of Jesus. And so we plead that name over the lives of our friends. We give that name over the lives of our brothers. We pray that name over the lives of our sisters. We pray that name over the lives of our mothers, Father. So some of us don't know what it means to hope for something for 12 years, Father. But in those six months that we've been hoping, Father, in those three years that we've been hoping, Father, in those 30 days that we've been hoping, Father, begin to make a way, God. Show yourself strong, Jesus. Show yourself mighty in this place, Father. Let this be a turning point in someone's life, Father, that they knew that they were prayed for and they received their healing. We want to be careful to give your name all the glory and the honor, Father, for this creative, desperate faith, Father, that in our helpless times, Father, we can trust a powerful God, dear Jesus. In our helpless times, we can trust an almighty God. We can declare with our mouths, Father, that we trust in God, that we trust in God. Hallelujah.
Hallelujah, God. We trust in God. Hallelujah. And so, Lord, answer the prayer. Do what only you can do, Jesus. Your name be magnified and praised in this place. Hey, that's why I trust him. That's why.